If I could describe to get my life tour in one word, it would be vulnerability. Showing up for yourself is so important. Welcome to the Get My Life Tour. I'm your host, Lydia T. Blanca. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Get My Life Tour. It is me, your host, Lydia T. Blanco. And as always, I am so excited that you decided to show up and take center stage in your life, practice vulnerability, and be on tour with me. That is no small feat. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the Get My Life Tour. Oh, you're in for a treat. If you've been here 117, 29, or 83 times, Welcome back. I am so glad you are on tour. Y'all, I'm hype. I am extremely excited because I get to have a conversation with a man whose journey I've been following for quite some time through other incredible women who've been able to partner with them on their wellness journeys. I'm speaking about none other than Robert Brave. He is known in the fitness community as the mind, excuse me, the mind, body, and soul connector. Okay. And he is helping so many people get their lives right holistically. And today he is taking center stage here on the Get My Life Tour. So help me welcome Robert Brace Center Stage. <laughs> Thank you. So good to be here. Thank you for inviting me um, to get my life <laughs> yes. and to be a part of this journey. We're definitely going to get our lives. You know, I really appreciate what you do, right? Mind, body, and soul. So many of us think that one thing is not connected to the other, but mm-hmm. all parts have something to do with the other. So I can't wait to have that conversation, the conversation about when it is that you got your life and all that you have mm-hmm. to offer us. I'm also extremely excited because you are a Black man who is thriving in your space. And, you know, there have been like, you know, the Billy Blanks of the world or the Mr. T's who, you know, we we pay homage to, but we don't necessarily know or some of us don't take as seriously. And I say that with all due respect because it just is not our thing. But you are partnering with people in a very real way. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. Yeah. So before I go on and babble because of my excitement, I would love for you to let us know who is Robert Brace in your own words? Who is Robert Brace? Um, Robert Brace is a, like you said, black man, um, son of Lena Johnson, a single mother. Um, I am father to two beautiful chocolate daughters, um, Amber and Jordan, husband to a beautiful chocolate wife, uh, Dawn, who's also an entrepreneur. Um, And um, I'm a former ballet, modern dancer, um, full-time minister. I uh, led a church for six years in Harlem. That's where I met my wife who grew that church. And uh, mind, body, soul connector, helping people make the connections uh, between their mind, uh, how they think, between their bodies, how they move, how they live, and between their and with their soul, you know, how they are and how they show up in the world. So that is who I am. That's Robert Bryce. My goodness. There are so many connection points. You know, the first question coming to mind is how do you navigate 
all of that? Uh, that is a good question. Um, because for many years, I, I thought I was doing, I had done too many things, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, I was a dancer, then I was a minister, and now I'm a trainer, and now there's my body soul connector, and now I'm an owner of a gym, I have a really great community here in our, in our space in Manhattan. And so, you know, I think life is about seeing the blessings where they are. Mm. and um, and being present in every single and each separate moment, right? Because, you know, a lot of us are wearing so many different hats, right? Even just the basic, you know, you're somebody's child, you you have a relationship with somebody else, you might be somebody's father, employee, citizen, friend, right? And so um, for me, the key has been being present in every moment and being grateful fighting to be grateful in every single moment and interaction because life can be stressful. Um, but, and not grateful in a fake way. Cause I think uh, a lot of times, you know, we have to accept the stresses. We have to acknowledge them. And I think sometimes by pushing them away, we don't acknowledge them and our feelings are like people. They just need to be seen. And if we see them, then sometimes they'll just back off a little bit. So um, I think it's about being present in the moment being grateful and uh, trying to give the best of yourself wherever you're at. That is such rich information. Being mindful, being present. I'm so glad that people are having more conversations, more of these conversations, right? Because we're mm -hmm. so used to being oh, humans doing than we are right. being human beings, right? Mm -hmm. oh, Robert, okay, right. you're already getting into the thick of it. How have you learned <laughs> right? What has your mindfulness journey looked like? Well, there's a few things, right? First of all, I think um, what I know, one of the biggest things that had an impact in my career is when I was as a professional dancer, um, I was on scholarship at one of the schools I'd always wanted to get into. I started my career late. And so, um, you know, this was everything that I wanted. And during that time, because I started late and initially in my career, I didn't get the best instruction. Um, I had a crippling back injury, right? And so this back injury took me out, um, took me out of school. And at that moment, um, they said that if I didn't heal, that I wouldn't be able to come back, right? And so for me, I decided that whole summer was about me getting my body into the best shape possible. So when it comes to your question about being present, um, I had to heal my body. Mm -hmm. I had to not only just heal it, but get it into the optimal um, physical condition for performing and for dancing. And that meant being present to how my body was speaking to me, to breaking down the most minuscule movement and seeing how to build my body back up so it can perform that movement in the best and most efficient way possible. And so that started my journey of me slowing down, paying attention to what my body was saying, paying attention to how that was making me feel. And then when I went into the ministry, um, it, was, it was a culture shock for me because here I am, think about it, I'm this British-born ballet dancer and I get involved in this volunteer organization and do more and I fall in love with it. And then I decide, you know what, there's a, uh, um, an internship ministry training program. Let me do that. And then I come to this weird realization, which I never thought I would before that I wanted to go into the ministry. This is when I've got the best 
gig I've ever gotten as a mm-hmm. performer in my life, right? And so I decided to go into the ministry, and I think they're going to uh, send me because the church had different ministries all over. Like they're going to send me to performing arts ministry somewhere in downtown <laughs> Manhattan, right? You know, something I can run. And they send me to Harlem, right? So I'm like, first of all, and the church they sent me to, that minister had been there for years. He was deep into the community. And I'm like, you're sending me, a ballet dancing English guy, to Harlem? I'm like, they're going <laughs> to eat me alive, right? But once I got there and, you know, I started to connect with people, people started to connect with me, um, and I understood that, you know what? Everybody needs to be seen. Mm. And my whole life has been pretty much, you know, I'm from London, move fast, New York, move fast, right? Yeah. I get up to Harlem, I brought that same energy. And I learned that, you know what? Sometimes you've got to slow down. Sometimes you've got to really listen. Sometimes you've got to really connect, right? And it taught me to do that for my for the job that I was in. But then I started to see, you got to do that with yourself. you mm-hmm. got to do that with your wife. you got to do that with your kids. you got to do that with every interaction that you have. So what ends up happening is as I went through the ministry and I came back into, you know, working with bodies, um, the way we run our studio uh, with all of the trainers who are here and the interactions that we have is being present in the moment with every single client that walks through the door, helping them make connections with each other so that they can be present with each other. And that's what's built this amazing community where people walk through the door and they're encouraging each other. They're lifting each other up. Um, The trainers I choose, yeah, they've got to have the skills, but they've got to have empathy as well. Mm. Because if people feel like you see them, then one, that's encouraging. And two, you know, they can bring more to the table. They feel safe. So for me, being present has been a journey. Um, And I've learned in many, being present in my body, being present spiritually, being present to the needs of others, and now being present in every interaction that we have with the people who we work with. So. My goodness. You know, it sounds like you're a healing presence who has created a safe space for other people to experience transformation. Is that fair? (laughs) You almost read off, um, (laughs) you almost quoted our brand book, right? Oh, wow. We have a brand book for the studio. (laughs) So it is about creating safe spaces where people can connect with and be in touch with their body in the presence of people who look like them and who accept accept them. So, yes. You know, look, let us be in alignment. I appreciate you having this language, but also the methodology and you've actually created a reality, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Through your space for people. You know, I've seen some of the women that you've been able to partner with in their transformation. I know I mentioned this before, but I remember seeing you with Kayla Walker and I was on the newsletter and I was following her journey. And then I saw her in person and we were eating, um, I don't know, maybe tea and crumpets at an Essence event. And she was like, see, you got to put that down because if not, and I was like, see, I appreciate the accountability, right? <laughs> it's mindset, it's accountability, it's creating a safe space. Why are those things so important for you? Because you could just collect money and then tell people they're going to experience transformation in 30 days if they eat rice and water. Right, right, right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But why is doing business the way that you do it important to you? 
Well, I think you've got to stay authentic and true to who you are, right? Mm-hmm. And I think at, at the heart of even when I was dancing, it was about making connection and making people feel better. Went into the ministry and it was about, you know, helping, encouraging people and seeing the weak become strong. Was seeing just giving people the support that they needed, right? Um, and so that translates into who I am and, and, and how I do business. And so I think that um, I'm not from the business school um you know, background, you know, what, what I'm from is the people and connecting with people background. And so, as you say, we, you've seen different collaborations that I've done. It's because for me, you know, even, even from a business standpoint, you know, the most valuable thing that I have, we have through this business is, yeah, it's obviously business is going to make money. It's going to provide, it's going to stand on its own two feet, but the most valuable thing we have is a connection that we make with people. We get to work with awesome people who are doing awesome things, right, in in the world, out there, in their fields, and we get to spend an hour with those people. And so that really is the gold, right? And so I think it's more a reflection of who we are and who they are. So when it comes to saying doing business this way, it's always remembering that the most valuable thing is people you know what I mean and so yeah good that's good you know I'm thinking about this quote and it's about dancing in the rain maybe you're familiar with it I'm going to try to reach somewhere back in my brain and do my best right but it's not about getting used to the rain it's about learning how to dance in the rain mm-hmm. something like that i'll fix it all oh, right 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 i know what you're talking about it's, yeah it's kind of like it says um something about if it's rain it's it's about learning to take the best out of what's happening if it's raining then dance in the rain right, right. Or something like that i don't know what you're talking yeah. about yeah it's not about weathering the storm it's about learning how to dance in the rain there you go there we go it took me <laughs> yeah <laughs> somebody probably yeah. Knows. where is she going with this right but right. i'm thinking about our previous conversation and you had this question, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? Where am I going with this? And I'm thinking about all of those uh, narrative threads, ministry, dancing, you know, leading as a trainer, right? And then your question about what am I doing? That question to me sounds like learning how to dance in the rain, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. And I think that's, that's, yeah, the way you put that is, is great. Um, because, you know, there was a point I, I uh, stopped my dance career to go into the ministry and I stopped my dance career at the point where I was making the most money. I was a soloist at the Metropolitan Opera Ballet. I just got the best gig I've ever gotten, right? Wait, and let's just the stop there because you're not going to breathe over that, Robert Brace. Okay. <laughs> Brace, wait a second. Because Black dancers are still becoming first and reaching different benchmarks in your mm-hmm. industry. And right. you've already had that experience. This is me giving you, you know, <laughs> well, all your you. praise, right? Like before we go on, I, of course, I want you to touch on, uh, finish your point, but I just have to stop you right there because you are the real deal. You didn't just wake up one day and say, well, that's over. I'm no longer good at that. You were a leading dancer. Yes, correct. (laughs) Come on, Black Man. So, so, 
Um, and I just think sometimes, you know, look, God, the spirit speaks to you and then it's time to move. And honestly, I was afraid because I remember I was standing on stage. It was a gala performance at Lincoln Center. I was with the Metropolitan Opera Ballet. And uh, they just finished televising that performance. Um, and, um, you know, everybody was clapping. And during the applause, I was thinking about the people I should have been helping or could have been helping in the ministry. And then it scared me because I was like, whoa, this is not why you came to New York. This is not part of this is not this wasn't part of the plan. But I could see that something was pulling me in that direction. So I kind of felt like if I didn't go with it, then I would regret it. So that's how I ended up going into the ministry and those things that, that connecting. Um, and then the ministry was tough at first and I had to learn a lot of lessons. And then eventually um, we started to put into practice the things we were learning and our ministry became in our small group of churches, the fastest growing ministry in Manhattan and in, in our group. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then after that, there was some, there were some things um, that as we grew in the church, we're like, Oh, I'm not sure if I agree with that. I'm not sure if I, can stand on this but we've done so much good so there's a moment there of like personal crisis like i love this so much but i think there's things i need to grow to grow in and we're still connected to the church we still preach we still you know teach um and so i came back to training and the thing that was discouraging at that point is i came right back to where i first started when i came to new york right so it was a real for me i had a we just had a new newborn I had come out of the ministry. I was back to the first place I started training. And it felt like, I just felt like a failure. I got this family. I got this child. You had this career. You moved out of that. You went into the ministry. You got, you know, raised up to be an evangelist, promoted. You were a region leader. You stepped out of that. And now you're back here, you know, training again. Like, what are you doing? Right. And so, at that moment, I was just like, I've done too many things that are disconnected. I was down on myself. And then I went into, I took a marketing, marketing course because I wanted to learn how to promote myself and promote business. Um, I didn't see myself working for somebody else forever. And I uh, started a uh, skincare company with the professor there. I pitched an idea to him after the course. Uh, we did that together. And then, you know, we got to a certain place and to cut a very long story short, um, he tried to rip me off. And that was devastating. I didn't have the money to fight him back, right? And yeah. so there was a there was a time in my life when I was like, you know, you've done all of these separate things. How, you know, basically I felt like I'd wasted my time. And then the more I started paying attention to the training part of it, the what I brought from my ballet background what I brought from my spiritual background, mm-hmm. the sales and marketing experience I learned from, even though um, from my, you know, bad business experience, I was like, you know, I can use all of this. And then it started to come together. Then people started to seek me out because of, um, you know, that injury that I had that I told you about. Mm-hmm. When I started to reshape my body, I got, um, that taught me a lot of principles that added to my training. So there was a comedian who came to me and he said, look, I want to see if you can get six pack abs in 30 days. I'd already done it over the summer while I was, while I was injured. So I said, yeah, let's, let's go for it. Right. So we did that project. This was 2011. 
He got the tw- uh, six pack in 28 days. Uh, that video at the time uh, was on Twitter. So it was early Twitter days that got to, we got about 900,000 views on that video wow. on some small, obscure um, uh, social platform. I don't even think it exists right now. And so people want to do the 28 day challenge. And so that's, people started to know me for that. People started to know me for the ballet workout. So I had models who would come to me, I ended up doing a whole video series with uh, Victoria's Secret Mob. And then, you know, it all kind of culminated when um, Deborah Lee used to run BET, invited me to uh, Leading Women Defined, which is a huge um, conference with uh, so like 200 of the most powerful black women in business, entertainment and media Yeah. Um, to, do a, to do a workshop there. And then there was, I did a workout, there was ballet, there was meditation, there was spirituality and preaching. Angela Rai was there, who's very connected spiritually. And in that moment, you know, everything came together. Like there were women, these powerful women who were crying, who were getting in touch with, uh, just loving themselves and self-care. And so I thought, you know what, this this is why. This is why the journey, you know, um, was started and this is what God was doing all of, all along and so that's the space that I continue to be in and continue to grow you know so many things came to mind I know I'm smiling ear to ear but sometimes we think that we're starting all over but we're being called back to ourselves mm-hmm. yeah. and the other thought that came to mind is at times we're called to do the unpopular thing so that we can prepare to do what we've been called to do. Mm -hmm. Your journey is so intricate and complex and beautiful. And it's also very inspiring during this season, right? That feels ever evolving and endless. Everyone's inside. We're trying to come back outside. We're figuring out, you know, people are using their stimulus money businesses and this, that, and the third. And transition is very real right now. I honestly believe, and I feel it in my core, that Mm -hmm. you sharing what you are sharing is going to help someone else celebrate their transition as a win. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, that's what I, I do want, like, and I, I need to remind myself of it all the time and be encouraged by it because sometimes when you get to a place where you're like, what am I doing? Right. Mm-hmm. It's just looking back and saying, well, you didn't know. And you, this is to myself, you thought you were a failure at this point, a failure at that point, a failure at this point. You thought, you know, you had done all these crazy different things. How in the world were you going to move forward? And so anytime I get to a place where I'm like either discouraged or facing a challenge, you know, and and I think this for everybody, all of us have been through tough times. Some are way tougher than others, obviously, right? So I don't want to minimize anybody who's going through real deep struggles. Um, But you've been through it and you're still here. You've been through it and you're still thriving. So if you know that you've been through something, and at that point, you thought you'd never get through, but here you are, still still going, still thriving. Look, all of us have had times when we broke and the money's not right, right? <laughs> but we're still here, you know what I mean? And so it's just remembering that you've been through those times, you'll get through them again. And also everything that you've learned up until this point can come together 
um, to produce something beautiful where you can be your authentic self because everybody has their own story. You know what I mean? So I receive, I receive all of that, <laughs> honestly. And you know, that's what the Get My Life Tour is all about. Some people are like, oh, that sounds kind of snarky. And I'm like, no, we're literally getting our lives every area. And with you taking center stage and sharing the way that you are so transparently, it really helps me to correct my posture, right? As I go through, <laughs> as I have this conversation, mind, right. body, soul, mind, we're getting the information, right? And we got to talk about the body, right? Because you are really right. helping people transform the way they feel about themselves, how they show up, and of course, their bodies. Talk to us about what it's like to walk into your studios and partner with you or <laughs> one of your, you know, established experts. Well, listen, we we partner with a lot of different people and it, and it really is about that mind-body-soul connection. So let me be very specific about what that means because everybody, a lot of people talk about mind-body-soul, right? So uh, our thing is making sure you understand the practical connection. So you work out. And if you want to see our transformations, just go to my page at Robert Brace on Instagram. You'll see the transformations we do those in either 28 calendar days or 28 actual workouts, right? Which can stretch beyond 28 calendar days. But when you move, when you work out, your body produces certain hormones, neurotransmitters, right? Don't turn off now because I'm, I'm getting a little technical here, right? It produces uh, neurotransmitters. It produces serotonin. Serotonin uh, increases your joy level. It is known as, as the joy hormone because you actually feel happier, right? Uh, it uh, produces endorphins. Endorphins have been known to take the edge off of stress and actually combat stress as much as some prescription medications, right? So you have endorphins joy. You, sorry, endorphins bring you calm. Serotonin brings you joy. When you work out really hard, there's a there's a neurotransmitter called endocannabinoids. And that um, chemical in your body or hormone in your body is the same root ingredient as cannabis. So it's called a bliss hormone. So by working out, if you've ever had a runner's high or you've ever like worked out so intensely that you feel a high, that's what's happening. Reason I'm talking about this, joy, bliss, right? Calm. You get uh, the prioritizing function of your brain is increased as you get more oxygen to your brain. Clarity of thinking, right? Uh, more self-control. These are spiritual qualities, right? Bliss, calm, peace, joy, focus, self-control. So through your body, your body is designed to give you these soul level spiritual qualities, right? And if you've got more oxygen to your brain, your mind thinks more clearly. And if your mind thinks more clearly and if your mind has is more solution-oriented and um, its executive function is working better, then you feel better. Your soul feels better. And so what's the difference? The mind is a thinking, intelligent in, uh, part of us, the problem-solving part of us that gets stuff done. The soul, the intuitive feeling part of us, we feel love, we feel joy, we feel happiness, compassion, empathy, right? And the body houses it all. All of those things are connected in a very practical way. So when you hear mind, body, soul, for me, it's like, okay, it can be ethereal and people might not understand it and people throw it out there. But for me, those are three very practical things that work together 
And if you understand specifically how they're working together, it can make your life better, um, more powerful, and it can help you to harness more of the power that is really within you. That is so profound and deep. And you definitely got me thinking about the connection points differently. And like you mentioned, for a lot of people, it is ethereal. I'm like, oh yeah, mind, body, soul, right? Let's burn a candle and like take a walk and everything will be okay. You know, for some people that may be true, but transformation and being able to tap in it that way really sounds like you could jumpstart the next phase of your life, right? And then, you know, Let's have the conversation, even though I'm not like qualified on any scientific level to have this conversation, right? But I think it's one worth having about Black people, right? And us needing to move more. Tell us how we need to get our lives, Robert. Like, it's your time. Okay. So there's a couple of things here, right? There's two, two, two places I want to go here, right? First of all, the statistics for us in terms of heart disease, diabetes, obesity are much higher, right? And I know people have heard this and I think sometimes um, they wanna turn off when they hear that and I I get it, right? So the first thing, one of the other reasons why um, this is important to me is because when I was a minister and since I've been a minister, three people who I was close to passed away due to preventable obesity-related issues, obesity and diabetes-related issues, right? One, I was the first one there as a minister after he passed away to his apartment. This is a great guy who helped his community. Another one was the woman who um, helped, um, who coordinated our wedding, right? And another one was just a good friend, a leader in the church who, you know, had a wife and, and a beautiful daughter. And so I look at that and I think, you know, this is real. And everybody listening can probably point to one person they know that's health-related issues, which are preventable, right? And so for me, it really is about saving our lives and saving our community. Mm-hmm. Second thing is this, stress is real. Yes, it is. And, and um, it, you know, you feel stress, it shuts down your um, immune system, it shuts down your digestive system, your reproductive system. It can make you gain weight. It can contribute to um, diseases like Alzheimer's, right? Stress is real. And as black people, as we deal with, or people of color, as we deal with microaggressions on a daily basis, as, you know, things like access to funds and access to capital are harder. Um, the, you know, just getting ahead in life, knowing that you're part of a system um, that racism was built into. Witnessing police brutality over and over and over again, right? hearing the the counter um, anti-racism arguments, that builds stress, another layer of stress into our daily lives that most people don't don't experience. And so for us, it's even more important to be in a place, wherever it is, whether it's working out with people like us or whatever your thing is, you want to do African dance and, you know, eat your native, your healthy native foods, then do that. But you've, we've got to, as a people, take this part of our part of our lives seriously. And then listen, you know, sometimes um, we look at people and we can think, how could they make that decision, right? Mm-hmm. Or you look at look at like people in who live in inner city areas, and maybe we're looking at the decisions they've made in their lives, and like, how could they, how could they do that? 
you got to understand, if you're a kid and you're grown up in a stressful environment, you cannot think straight because stress shuts down your executive functioning and puts you in a fight or flight mode, which means all you're thinking about is how I can survive from this moment to the next, right? That So your body is literally, literally shutting you down from thinking long-term, right? And so if you can deal with the fight or flight response, if you can deal with your stress, then you can start to think more clearly, make better decisions and live a better life. So for me, it really is about saving lives. And so the people we work with, yes, in the studio, it's exclusive on the Brace Life app. It's open to many more people because it's not an expensive price. It's a price point that everybody can afford. Um, and so they can get that by going to thebracelife.com, not the Apple store, because they take 30% of our, our money. <laughs> but uh, thebracelife.com. And you'll get the motivational um content you'll get the workouts you'll get the spiritual stuff because we want everybody to be able to live that life and put it into their life on a daily basis um, and even when i do stuff with churches and i do these speeches for churches and for um for um, other organizations it's about building us up so we can be healthy so we can think clearly so that we can go out there and get our lives you know what i mean so um, that's just a passion of mine. And I think that um, we've got to open ourselves up. Our health is our wealth. And no matter, you know, how smart we are and all of that, if that part's not taken care of, you know, you can't be here as long as you need to be to do the work that you need to do. Right. So that's it. Absolutely. You know, I'm thinking about the church. I am, you know, a believer. I love going to church and, I love living out the walk, right? Um, more than right. the religion, the religion and all the indoctrinations, all of that jazz, right? But there right. is a conversation we have to have uh, with the churchy folk of the world mm-hmm. about obesity. Yep. You know, I, I want to be as mindful and careful um, and kind when saying this because I know from my height and weight, people are like, oh, Lydia, you know, I go to the doctor, like, here's your BMI, you're overweight. And I'm like, ooh, okay, I'm working on it, right? In a very real way. But I don't think we should fat shame, right? Or have this right. fat phobia that people are um, now speaking about. But I think it is important to have conversations like this. You know, do you have any prompts or advice on how we can be honest with our loved ones about the direction they may be headed um, based on their weight? And if you do, that would be so helpful because. We don't want to say, oh, you fat, you need to lose some weight, right? Because a lot of us have been worn um, and scarred by those kinds of statements. Do you have any Mm -hmm. advice for us? Yeah, there's definitely ways to, there's a thing called stages of change, which um, uh, shows you how to approach people at different stages, right? And so I think the thing, the, the first best thing you can do is to set the example and share how it's working for you right and then you know you talk about churches and i know you kind of like not wanting to say too much about the church but listen i'll say it as a minister black church is probably one of the most unhealthiest places physically um we finish our our church service and you know the food that we serve there is not the healthiest it's comfort food 
And there are a lot of reasons why. There's a lot of history. We can go into the history of that, right? There's a whole other, there's a whole other conversation. So you've got to show grace, empathy, compassion there, right? Yeah. But at the same time, we've got to be able to move forward, right? You, you're, you're a minister. You feel he's doing a good job. What do you do? You bake him a pie, all right? It's, it's fried chicken. At, at, so, you know, it's starting to make changes in those places and talking in language that we all understand, right? You know, so when I do these things uh, at, at churches, we have a lot of fun. There's a lot of laughing, right? Because, you know, nobody wants to have just the data and the stats because that doesn't speak to me, right? But we know that, you know, you think about, even when you think about how it's indoctrinated into us, right? The way we talk about our loved ones, what do we call them? Sweetie, honey, cookie, baby cake, sugar pie, right? Nobody's calling their loved ones broccoli or carrot, right? So it's in our language. It's how we talk to each other, right? So it's going through and helping people make those connections and then applying them to their everyday lives, right? And if you have loved ones and somebody's not wanting to move, the first step is really education the education can start by listening to your experience and then watching you and if they show any kind of interest then you give them the information that they can handle right now right for some people who may be like oh i want to but i don't know how to get started do one thing buy yourself a pair of sneakers all right buy yourself some fitness clothes right look at them and decide that you know what just for today I'm going to put them on. I'm going to do one thing. doesn't matter if it's five minutes. doesn't matter if it's 10 minutes. Just for today, the next day, I'm going to do another thing. And you start to build yourself up, right? And so I think it's moving people from who have been sedentary and helping them come along slowly. Because, listen, a lot of times we're eating to meet a spiritual need, right? And there's this thing we do on that Brace Life app called Spiritual Needs-Based Eating. You're either eating for connection, to deal with emotions, to for a feeling of belonging, and that can go into cultural eating, your stress eating. So if you know, when, if you're if you don't address those underlying issues, you can never release the weight. We talk about weight loss. I mean, to words, weight loss. If you lose something, chances are you can find it again, right? Yeah. And so many people have lost the same five, 10 pounds over and over and over and over again. Why? Because that weight is useful to them in some way. That weight is helping them deal with their emotions. That weight is helping them deal with their lack of belonging, the cultural issues that they're facing, mm-hmm. right? The stress that they're facing. So if you don't deal with those underlying spiritual issues, you will lose weight and find it again and lose it and find it again. But what you want to do is deal with the underlying issues so that you can release weight, right? And when it's released, it's like it's gone. It never comes back, right? But it's dealing with the underlying issues. So that's where the mind, body, and soul all connects. I'm trying not to get up and run around this area right here because I was like that is such an incredible soundbite don't you dare interrupt with a mm, like I'm on the first aisle um in a pew my goodness we're eating for spiritual to meet spiritual needs that's the word oh my goodness there are so many conversations about emotional eating I never heard anyone say that it's connected to a spiritual need that helps me better understand my habits, my routines. And now I'm like, okay, are you hungry? Right. We always hear things like just drink more water. 
go for a walk. Right. We're finding ways to distract ourselves from overeating. But what you're saying is we have to deal with the underlying issue. Yeah. No wonder why because people think about it. You're... information. <laughs> because the cravings are telling you something, right? Now, if you're hungry, you're hungry, right? But if you have a quick look, this is where it gets me, right? Um, when I'm doing a task that I don't, I don't really want to do. Right? I'm not a details person, right? I don't like crossing dotting the I's and crossing the T's. That's not me, right? So if I have to find myself doing that kind of task, and I'm at home, then I find myself at the fridge or in the cupboards looking for some snack because I want a distraction. I want freedom. I want escape from the demands that are being placed on me, right? Mm -hmm. So. That's the spiritual need. I want freedom. So what is it about? Then I have to ask myself the next question. What is it about not taking care of the details that I don't like? Maybe I don't feel that I'm good at it. Maybe there's impatience within me. I don't like to do those detailed things. And so I've got to work on patience, right? And I've got to work on me not thinking that I'm. And so once I deal with that, then I don't have the craving. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So your cravings are giving you information that if we stop and we listen, then we can learn from them, right? And those cravings only last for 20 minutes. So on a very physical fitness level, get up and do something for 20 minutes. But on a spiritual level, ask yourself, what's the real reason why? You sit on the couch and you're watching a movie, say you're by yourself, maybe you want companionship. But that's not, but, and you end up getting up to the fridge to go get some ice cream. You're not thinking, oh, I need companionship or I'm, I'm lonely or whatever, right? You just get the ice cream. But if you think about the reason behind the reason, what is it really? You see what I'm saying? So those are the things that are going to help you identify the underlying reason and release weight instead of losing it and finding it again. Come on now. Look, and you know, as everyone is getting ready for their summer bodies, go and buy the program, enroll, because I don't want you to give us 28 tips, right? We want to lose some weight in 28 oh, yeah. <laughs> right? But what I would love for you to weigh in on is confidence, right? Because some of us mm -hmm. are not going to have summer bodies. It's just not going to happen during this pandemic, or it just may never happen. And that is okay, right. too, right? Right. But can you talk to us a bit about confidence and how you help people really build their confidence and keep it right? They release the weight. But that confidence piece has to be important as well. Right. And it's all, and it's all intertwined, right? I think like right now we're doing a program with an influencer called uh, Danielle Young and she's plus size. Love her. And, um, and so she has been, you know, she's been doing great by showing her journey, but I think a huge part of confidence, there's so many ways to go with that question, right? But a huge part of confidence is being able to see people who look like you doing it, right? And so one is trying to represent all kinds, all kinds of bodies. And for, for you yourself to go find people who look like you, who've been in your situation, who are dealing with the same struggles and seeing them thrive and seeing what they've done, right? And the other thing is, listen, the one of our meditations and one of the workshops that we do, and you ask for a mic drop moment, there's just two here. You've got to understand that 
in every single person, there is goodness. There are people right now who think of you and whoever's listening and they smile when you think of them because on a fundamental level, there is goodness within, within you and they've been on the receiving end of your kindness, right? So there is goodness within you. And every single person who's listened has been one point in their lives where their talents, their gifts, their energy came together and they experienced success, right? Or they experienced achievement or they experienced a great moment. That's because within every single person, there's a spirit of greatness. With every single person, they've helped somebody at some point, right? Sacrifice themselves, their time and money, their energy, help someone else. Because in every single person, there's a spirit, of, there's a giving spirit. Now you take that goodness that's within you and you think about that, sit in it and meditate and give thanks. You take that great greatness that's within you. You do things better than, than you have a talent that you do better than most other people, right? Because there's a spirit of greatness within you, right? And you be thankful for the giving spirit. And is that give that goodness, that greatness and that given spirit, that's where you move from. That's where you operate from. That helps you see self-love. That helps you see self-care. Um, self and that is why you take care of the body that houses your spirit. Because it's your spirit that produces that goodness, that greatness, and that giving, right? And so when you think about that, that spirit within, and I'll finish with this. When the ancients built temples, whatever religion you subscribe to, when they built a temple, it was to reflect the glory of the power of the spirit and the deity within it. They knew that the building could not represent the, uh, the deity. The ancient Hebrews had a word for it that was kavod, the glory and the power of, of the divine. But that word also means weight, the weight and the gravitas, right? And so each and every single person has a kavod a gravity of their spirit, right? That goodness, that greatness, that giving spirit we talked about. And the temple is our body. And so we too are to build our temple to represent the goodness of the spirit that resides within that temple and represent the true weight of our worth, which is not the weight on the scale. The weight on the scale cannot represent your goodness. It cannot represent your greatness. It cannot represent the giving spirit within you. It cannot represent the people that you change and the people that you help, right? That's why we take care of this temple that houses the spirit within us. So your body is a temple, but it's a temple of your spirit. And that's the thing that's most important. And that's why we take care of our temple. And Robert Bryce just dropped the mic. There you have it. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I definitely will leave this conversation and really feel encouraged and inspired to continue to do the work. Right. And I can only imagine who feels the same way. Like tap in, of course, with Robert Brace, but let them know how they can stay connected. And I know you share the website, but here is an opportunity to share it all so that people can really take that away with them and partner with you. Okay. So first and foremost, um, the Brace Life app, like I said, go to www.thebracelife.com, right? That's app. Um, we have a mind, body, soul program that teaches you how to live the daily lifestyle, mind, body, and soul lifestyle. Also, there is a 28-day challenge, which you see all these 28-day transformations on. 
We have ballet workouts. We have ab workouts. There's meditations on there. There's breathing exercises. And, you know, you sign up, you get two weeks for free, and it's a price that everybody can afford. So you get everything right there. And also, we're going to be partnering with people on that platform. Um, so you'll be able to do specialized courses there. Then go to my Instagram, at Robert Brace. Um, check out. Uh, that's where to find out what's going on, who we're working with, scenes from some of my training scenes from my trainers. My trainers are also awesome and have very deep spirituality. And so that's uh, thebracelife.com at Robert Brace. And then uh, we also have the Brace Life Instagram. So those are the three main places uh, to find me. And um, I'm going to be doing uh, either on Sundays or Mondays um, a weekly spiritual wellness jumpstart where we talk about some of the stuff that um, – you know, we've been talking about here. Oh, that's going to be incredible. Do yourself a favor and visit those websites, download the app and stay connected with Robert Brace on his journey. And as always, visit the getmylifetour.com, subscribe to the newsletter and tune in on the 12 listening platforms. Of course, on social media at the Get My Life Tour, at Get My Life Tour on Twitter. And if you'd like to stay connected with my work journalistically or just follow my journey, be sure to do so on all social platforms at Lydia T. Blanco or visit my website, LydiaTBlanco.com. Robert Bryce, I cannot thank you enough for how you've showed up. Like you have left it all on the stage and we still want more. But we will be sure to follow your journey and stay connected. We got to get you this T-shirt. And I don't know why I keep calling you by your first and last name. Hopefully that's not annoying. But <laughs> No, that's fine. That's fine. So people call me. <laughs> okay, I'm like, I'm laid it all out there. But I really appreciate the way that you showed up. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, just... Let me know how you know your journey goes. And if anybody wants to reach out, let me know. We're always happy to help. Of course. Look, I hope that you got exactly what you needed on this side of the tour. Until then, it has been real. Peace. Mm-hmm.